Hell of a day, huh? Science experiments falling from the sky. Someone's mutating animals into monsters. Last night, George was seven feet and weighed 500 pounds. This morning, he's nine feet pushing a thousand. Are you familiar with genetic editing? Changes will be incredibly unpredictable. Let's go save the world. Your oversized monkey is old news. Of course, the wolf flies. We're in trouble. Ready to do this, buddy? Eat, sleep, links, repeat. Boom, let's party! brain big enough. Welcome. This is the Atari Lynx Handicast. This is episode 03. Rampage. And here again is your host, Mark Little. Thank you, Monty. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the Atari Lynx Handicast. Uh, today I'll be talking about part number PA2022, Rampage by Atari. First, I want to thank everybody for their feedback on episode 02, Electrocop. I really appreciate it. And I have a few things I'd like to go over before we get into today's game. First of all, I've made a decision to remove Crazy Ace Miniature Golf from my own list of official Atari Lynx releases because it was never actually released on any of the three contemporary cartridge styles, flat, ridged, or curved lip. It was only released on a PCB or a printed circuit board. The result is that there are now 71 total games on the list that will be covered by the Handicast, one game per episode, and episode 72 will be a wrap-up of the podcast, which of course will be in about three years. Another note I'd like to tell you about is Retro Man Cave is giving away a fully decked out Atari Lynx 1 console, complete with new capacitors and the coveted McWill LCD screen, as part of his T2T or Trash to Treasure giveaway competition. For those unfamiliar with Retro Man Cave, he has a channel on YouTube. Uh, I would highly recommend that you check that channel out. I'd never miss an episode. And he's done a couple of episodes on installing the McWill screen onto a Lynx 1. The contest rules were announced just today as of recording date, which is uh, March 25th, 2018. Uh, the first prize will be a Lynx 1 completely modded and recapped. The second prize will be a Retro Man Cave mug. And third prize will be any other mug from the Retro Man Cave shop. This is all to help celebrate 
one year of the YouTube channel and 30,000 subscribers. The contest rule is pretty simple. Uh, you basically have to draw a picture of your favorite computer and any media is okay. You can even do it on paper if you'd like and you'll email it to the Retro Man Cave. He'll do a random generated drawing in about two weeks. So get your submissions in. I'll have a link in the links links in the show notes for you to check out. So be aware of that. The final note is on April 21st and 22nd, I will be hosting a display booth at the Vintage Computer Festival Southeast 6.0 at the new Computer Museum of America in Roswell, Georgia. I'll have my large experience, the TI-994A display there, which I've had there now for three years. But I will also have a smaller display called A Look at the Lynx, and it will showcase the Atari Lynx and its library of games. I'll have two working Lynx 2 consoles from 1991, one of which will be sporting the McWill LCD screen upgrade, and both consoles will be available for hands-on gaming. Uh, Additionally, I'll have my collection of over 45 games, all with original manual booklets or posters, and most in the original cartons, along with various cases and other add-on accessories. And I'll have some take-one handouts outlining the brief history of the Atari Lynx and its legacy. So if you're in the Atlanta area that weekend, that's April 21 through 22nd, please be sure to stop by my booth and say hi. I'd love to meet you. But bring lots of AA batteries if you want to play with the Lynx. Actually, I'm just kidding. I'll provide the power. Okay, that's it for the notes. Time to talk about today's game, Rampage. Statistics Rampage for the Atari Lynx was released sometime in September or October of 1990. Uh, That's based on a two-page Atari Lynx ad that was in the December 1990 issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly Magazine. Uh, The ad actually features screenshots of 12 new Lynx games, including Rampage, and states that they are all now here. The initial retail price for Rampage was $34.99. It's a 128-kilobyte curved-lip stereo cartridge. It is a horizontal scrolling action beat-em-up for one to four players using the Comlinx cable. The screen play field orientation is landscape. It's based on the Rampage arcade machine released in 1986 by Bally Midway. The original working title for the game for the Atari Lynx was Monster Demolition. Later on it became Rampage Deluxe and then just changed to Rampage right before release. The game was ported to other systems including the Atari 2600, the Atari 7800, the Atari 8-bit line of computers, the Atari ST, Commodore Amiga, Nintendo 64, MS-DOS, IBM PC, ZX Spectrum, Amstrad CPC, Nintendo Entertainment System, that was released by Data East, and the Sega Master System. Part of its legacy is that on April 13, 2018, that's less than three weeks away, Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema are slated to release a full-length feature film based on the game Rampage. You probably heard the promo at the beginning of the episode. The movie stars Dwayne Johnson, Naomi Harris, and Melon Ackerman, and it stars George the Gorilla, too. The movie was originally announced over six years ago. We'll see if it can break the dismal track record of past movies that are based solely on video games. Getting back to Rampage for the Lynx, the carton was a regular size box, 5 and 3 8 inches by 4 and 3 8 inches by 7 8 inches deep. The carton has a lot going on. Uh, there are four cartoon characters, 
of each of the characters in the game that are climbing up skyscrapers. There's a, a soldier at the bottom right-hand corner of the artwork that is shooting a submachine gun at them. And the word Rampage is written across the top of the artwork in yellow letters. And there's a gorilla fist coming through the P. At the bottom we have the standard Atari Lynx video game card logo. The Atari logo is actually on the left-hand bottom corner. And on the right at the bottom of the box, a yellow triangle that includes the words one to four players links up. The back includes two screenshots from the game. It also says below that, Revenge of the Lab Animals. And I'll read the two paragraphs that are beneath that. Lizzie the Lizard, George the Gorilla, Larry the Lab Rat, and Ralph the Wolfman were happy lab animals. But then some nerdy biotechnician dumped a vat of mega vitamins into their food. Now the four huge and gruesome monsters are ripping the town apart for revenge. Skyscrapers go up in flames and buildings crumble at a single hit from these mega monsters. It's also like a Saturday afternoon horror movie, except you get to be the monster. Link up with as many as three monster pals for murderous mayhem. At the top of the back of the box, again the Rampage logo with the Gorilla Fist coming through the P. At the bottom, the Atari Lynx video game card logo. And then beneath that, the Atari logo along with the regular copyright information. And it reads thus, Atari. The Atari logo and Lynx are trademarks or registered trademarks of Atari Corp. Rampage is a registered trademark of Bally Manufacturing Corporation, copyright 1986. Bally Manufacturing Corp. licensed to Atari Corp. through Midway Manufacturing Company, a subsidiary of WMS Industries Incorporated. Beneath that, copyright 1990, Atari Corporation, Sunnyvale, California, 94089-1302. They had gone to the nine-digit zip codes by that point, apparently. Beneath that, all rights reserved, printed in Hong Kong, made in China, and on the far bottom right corner, Winners don't use drugs, and below that, the FBI logo with the name William S. Sessions, Director, FBI below that. The manual for Rampage is a regular-sized, stapled 12-page monochrome booklet, 4 and 7 eighths inches high by 3 and 3 quarters inches wide. The copy I have is in English only. As far as I can tell, that's the only version that ever came out. So you want another reason to buy an Atari Lynx? 16-bit action, sports, great sports. We got NFL football, hockey, basketball, baseball heroes. Now Lynx is just $79.99. Lynx has hot arcade hits, Toki, steel talents. We've even got pinball jams, two great big pinball machines jammed into one incredible cart. Hey, for a limited time, Lynx is only $79.99. Over 4,000 colors on the largest portable video screen available. So get your shoes on, run to the store. You know you want a Lynx. The most fun you can hold in your hands. Lynx by Atari. Berg, where should I go if I'm interested in learning about Atari games? Atari 2600 games? Yeah. Well, you could check out my podcast, the Atari 2600 Game by Game Podcast. Is there a list somewhere where I can get all of the shows and I can figure out which show I want to hear first? Yes, there is. Uh, my friend Jose has made that very list that you're speaking of, and you can find that at 2600gamebygamepodcast.blogspot.com if you check in the link section. Okay. And, and will you be doing more of these shows? I'll be doing every one of these games for the 2600, so I'll be doing this and for another decade. <laughs> every single Single game? Every single game. I'll take it. How much do you want? I don't want anything. It's free. <gasps> Atari 2600 Game by Game Podcast. Also available on iTunes.
credits. Atari was the developer of Rampage for the Atari Lynx, and the licensee was Bally Manufacturing Company, licensed through Midway Manufacturing Company, a subsidiary of WMS Industries Incorporated. The programmer was Pete Wearsbicki. Wearsbicki also worked on the level design for Chips Challenge, and he worked on the footbag segment of California games for the Atari Lynx. He also received a thank you in the credits for Miss Pac-Man in 1990. Art and animation was done by Susan G. McBride, Melody Rondo, and P. Wearsbicki. I have to assume that's Pete. Susan G. McBride was pretty prolific for the Atari Lynx games. Uh, besides this game, she also worked on the art for Shanghai, Ms. Pac-Man, Clax, Warbirds, Checkered Flag, Rampart, and Batman Returns. She also received thanks for the game's Pit Fighter for the Lynx and the unreleased Alien vs. Predator. Melody Rondeau did art for several games as well for the Atari Lynx. Besides Rampage, she did art for Shanghai, Warbirds, Checkered Flag, Rampart, and Batman Returns. In the credits for the game on screen are special thanks to all the Lynx, L-I-N-K-S, and they include John Scrutch. Scrutch was the senior engineer in the software product engineering department at Atari from 1984 to roughly 1998. He's responsible for engineering all or part of at least 25 Lynx games. His name will be coming up again, no doubt. Also in the thanks credit were Julie Wade, also known as Juliana. Julie Wade also produced Atari Lynx games Shanghai, Prophecy Viking Child, Awesome Golf, Power Factor, Baseball Heroes, and Jimmy Connors Pro Tennis, and Super Asteroids and Missile Command. Also in the thank you credits for Rampage were Steve Jungles, Jungles, if you may remember, worked on level design in the game Blue Lightning. He also worked on level design in Chips Challenge. He worked on the half-pipe segment of California Games, and he received a thank you in the credits of Ms. Pac-Man. Greg Omi was also listed in the thank you credits for Rampage. Omi, as you may remember from the last episode, actually designed the game Electrocop. He also worked in the art and animation department for Clax, and he also received a thank you for the game Ms. Pac-Man for the Atari Lynx. Jerome Strock and Eric Ginner and I believe that's correctly pronounced. I'll have to ask Shinto. Both of these gentlemen received special thanks in the credits for Rampage. Strock was a programmer on the games Shanghai, Miss Pac-Man, Checkered Flag, Rampart, and Batman Returns. He also did game testing for Awesome Golf, and he received special thanks in the game Baseball Heroes. And Eric Ginner worked as a programmer for the games Shanghai, Miss Pac-Man, Checkered Flag, Rampart, Batman Returns, and he also did game testing for the game Awesome Golf. Finally, Bruce Coleman and Tom Gillen received special thanks in the credits for Rampage. Bruce Coleman also did the music for the game Shanghai, and he did game testing for Awesome Golf. And Tom Gillen worked on levels for Cybermorph. He also did sound effects for the game Alien vs. Predator, which was never released for the Atari Lynx. He did testing on that game, and he also was a tester for the game Checkered Flag, Raiden, and Awesome Golf. And he received special thanks for Alien vs. Predator and Ms. Pac-Man. The last credit on Rampage says that the game stars George the Gorilla and his menacing menagerie Lizzie the Lizard, Larry the Lab Rat, and Ralph the Werewolf. Finally we get to the music, and you can probably guess who did the music for Rampage. Alex Rudis and Robert Vieira. Vieira, who I've mentioned before, did music or at least audio on at least nine Lynx games, Batman Returns, Checkered Flag, Warbirds, Gauntlet the Third Encounter, Blue Lightning, California Games, Chips Challenge, and Electrocop. And of course, LX Rudis is the prolific composer who did the music for 12 Lynx games, at least. He did the music for this game, Electrocop, Chips Challenge, California Games, Blue Lightning, Shanghai, Ms. Pac-Man, Clax, Hard Drivin', 
Gauntlet, The Third Encounter, Rampart, and Gordo 106. We're actually going to listen to some of the music now from Rampage, and of course, as usual, it's great music because it was done by Rudis and Vieria. We're going to listen to several musical cues from the game. Uh, the first one is going to be the opening theme music for Rampage. Here it is, done by Alex Rudis and Bob Vieria. I'd like to play now excerpts from the in-game music for Level 1 for Rampage.
Here is some of the in-game music for Level 2 for Rampage. Here are excerpts from Level 3 of the game Rampage for the Atari Lynx by Alex Rudis and Bavieria.
Now we'll listen to music from level four of the game Rampage by Alex Rudis and Bob Vieria. Here's a musical cue for the choose your character part of the game right at the beginning. This was also done by Alex Rudis and Bavieria. Here's a musical cue for entering your score whenever you die or win the game. Again, this is by Alex Rudis and Bavieria. Finally, we'll listen to the music for the champion high score section of the game, which is at the end of the game. Again, done by Alex Rudis and Bavieria.
playing the game. I can do no better telling you the premise of the game than by reading the first page of the manual. At the top it says, Revenge at the lab. There has been a terrible accident at the chemical lab. A new employee in the cafeteria accidentally missed an experimental chemical with the creamed spinach. Luckily, nobody ate the spinach. Well, almost nobody. Four unfortunate souls snarfed the sticky green goo on a dare. Now horrible things were starting to happen. It started with Larry, the cashier in the cafeteria and company snitch. He began to grow a tail and his head started looking like a creepy rat. Next thing he knew, he had this strong craving for cheese. Then Ralph, the janitor, who had a night job singing lead for a heavy metal group called The Noxious Fumes, began to grow an awful lot of facial hair. That night he started to howl, although only a few people noticed. Next, Lizzie, the head of marketing, turned into a giant fire-breathing lizard. Worst of all, Boss George, the chemical factory's top banana, turned into a gorilla. Things would not have been so bad if they had stayed small, but they started to grow. And grow. They kept growing until they had become huge, ugly, smelly monsters. Boy, were they mad. They smashed out the factory and into the city streets. They smashed stores, crushed houses, and fought off entire armies sent to protect the city. As they trashed the town, they looked for anything edible. Hamburgers, bread, even hapless citizens couldn't quench the insatiable appetite of these horrible fiends. It was obvious that the monsters had to be destroyed. Or did they? Rumor has it that a lab technician has developed the antidote, but there are two problems. First, there is only enough antidote for one monster. Second, the lab technician is hiding until the world caves in and accepts his demands, or until the monsters find him, whichever comes first. Will the tanks and choppers destroy the monsters, or will one survive to find the antidote and become human again? It's hard to tell. The battle is still raging. Okay, now how do you play the game? Well, Rampage is a monstrous adventure game for one to four players, depending if you're using the comlinks. When you first press the on button on your links, the Rampage title screen and credits will appear. In a multiplayer game, all the players must be on the title screen before anyone can go on. And the number of players appears at the top left corner of the screen. When all the players are ready, one player should press A or B to advance to the character selection screen. If you're just playing by yourself, you press A or B at any time to advance to the character selection screen. Then you press the joypad to scroll through the characters. Unavailable characters will not appear. When the desired character is in the center of the screen, you press A or B to select the character and begin your rampage. The next thing you'll see will be the daily news. The front page article shows which city the monsters are headed for and provides a hint. Then you press A to begin the game. Now the object of the game is to smash and destroy city buildings while helicopters, tanks, and soldiers try to destroy you. Each monster begins with three lives. The game ends when all the monsters lose all of their lives. Use the joypad to move your monster through the cities, and as you move around you press A to punch in the direction you choose with the joypad, and you press B to jump. You press up on the joypad when your monster is by the side of a building to climb that building. Then as you wander through the city streets, you destroy every building you see. That's pretty much the point of the whole game. To destroy a building, you climb and punch the building. When you damage enough building sections, that building collapses. To destroy the top levels of a tall building, you will have to climb the building. When your monster breaks a wall or a window, watch for food. Your monster can eat anything, but some of the items have unusual effects. Good food, including those tasty humans, increases the monster's health. Other items may hurt the monster. Watch especially for certain humans. Capturing the right person can benefit your score considerably. 
Then when a building is destroyed, either by a monster or by an army explosives expert, it will crumble to the ground. And if your monster is on the building when it starts to crumble, you need to press B to jump off, because if the monster doesn't jump off in time, it will be injured by the fall, with little stars circling around his head. Potions and flasks can be found throughout the game. Each monster needs a specific potion. Once ingested, it will make him or her invincible. Ingesting the wrong potion will harm the monster. When your character drinks a potion in a flask, he will flash, indicating that he possesses the power-up and has become impervious to all damage. In a multiplayer game, he will also become invisible to the other players. The power-up will remain in effect for the entire level. Keep an eye open for tanks, machine guns, and helicopters. Tanks shoot shells and helicopters are equipped with machine guns and bombs. If your monster gets hit by a bomb or a shell, it will be knocked to the ground. When all health points are gone, the monster will shrink to a human creature. If any lives remain, you press A or B to play your next life. In a single player game, destroy everything in sight. Let me repeat that. In a single player game, destroy, destroy everything, everything in sight. sight. Score points and find food while searching for the lab technician. In a multiplayer game, the monsters can fight each other or they can work together. If they work together, the goal should be to destroy everything and survive. However, if the monsters fight each other, the winner is either the last monster to die or the player with the most points, depending on what the players decide. Of course, there is only enough antidote for one monster, so when the time comes, and you'll know when it does, you'll have to fight for that precious little vial of antidote. The game continues until the last monster dies or until one monster finds the lab technician and makes him create the antidote. The manual actually gives you some strategies on playing this game. Here are some of the strategy hints it provides. Try to destroy cities as quickly as possible. The longer you stay in the city, the more damage you will receive from the army guys. Watch for clues between the levels. Those clues will help you survive. And they're talking about the headlines, the newspaper headlines. Some clues tell about the final level. If your monster can survive that long, it will be your only hope. Another hint is to jump when you see dust clouds and approaching building cracks. Also, drinking the right potion makes you both invisible and impervious to harm. This is especially advantageous when playing a multiplayer game. If playing against other players, try to destroy the enemy as soon as possible. However, don't ignore the tanks and choppers. Also, do not let the other player score too many points while you try to destroy him, or you may not be able to catch up. Finally, if playing as a team, destroy the buildings quickly and protect the other monsters. For example, George could watch for helicopters and tanks while Lizzie destroys the buildings. Finally, on the last page of the manual, it tells you about the scoring. It says, at the beginning of each level, you'll be presented with the Daily News newspaper display. You press A to begin the level, or B to view the current scores of all the players, and you receive points for almost everything you can punch. For punching and cracks, you'll get 50 points. For a hole in the building, you'll get 250 points. For window objects, you'll get 50 to 1,000 points. And there are several objects, such as sinks, bathtubs, flower pots, toilets, television sets, a whole lot of things. Destroying a tank will get you a thousand points. Destroying a sign will give you a thousand points. Destroying a car will give you a thousand points. And destroying your friends if you're playing multiplayer will get you 225 points. An extra life is awarded at 100,000 points and at 300,000 points. So that's how you play Rampage. Hey, Mr. Block, can I go to the bathroom? Two minutes. Oh, yes! Oh, yes! Yes! Oh, yes! 
Introducing Lynx from Atari, the color video game you can get away with. Well, sometimes. I'm just a show, yes I'm only a show, and I got as far as urbanator land. Well now I'm stuck in a quo, and I sit here and wait, while a few other shows discuss and debate whether they should let me be a podcast. I hope and pray that they know, but today I am still just a show. Listen to all those podcasters arguing. Is all that debate about you? Yeah, I'm one of the lucky ones. Most shows never get this far. I hope they decide a podcast at me favorably. Otherwise, I might be deleted. Deleted? Yeah, deleted file. Oh, it looks like I'm going to be played. Now I go to the listeners' headphones, and they listen to me. If they listen to you, what happens? Then I go to iTunes, and the whole thing starts all over again. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Remember, you can find all of Zerbinator Land shows right there at zerbinator.wordpress.com. Stop by there for all your podcasting needs. I'm just a show. Yes, I'm only a show. And if you find me, I'm at Zerbinator Land. Well, I am off on the web where I sit in my bed and I wait to be heard just like every other nerd. And if they like me, then I'll know. Oh, boy, I hope and I pray that they will listen to me today. Reviews. I'm going to read excerpts now from a few reviews. Uh, the first one is actually one that was listed in Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine in November of 1991. It's on page 99 of that magazine. And it's actually likely from the Atari marketing department, but there was a blurb for the game Rampage. And this review has a lot of exclamation points. It reads, Now this is a really smashing game. Choose from either Lizzie the Lizard, George the Gorilla, Ralph the Werewolf, or the new character, Larry the Rat, and go wild! Up to four players can ravage the city or beat each other up. Anything goes in this mad free-for-all. Then the final sentence actually ends with a period. Eat soldiers, food, citizens, or your opponents to regain your strength. On Moby Games, there are several user reviews that I'd like to highlight. Raze, that's R-A-Z-E, says, Good clean fun? No. Mindless violence on a scale rarely seen since Herod's China Department Store? Yep, definitely one of those for you with a latent animal instinct. GamePro US actually said on Moby Games, Rampage takes full advantage of the Lynx's graphic capabilities and looks almost as good as its arcade big brother. The characters are large, colorful, and well-drawn, and additional touches such as flashing neon pizza signs and terrified citizens running down the city streets are a visual delight. Gameplay is rather limited. However, you just smash through level after level of the same buildings. But sometimes a mindless, destructive wreckfest is the perfect change of pace from the usual shoot-em-ups and kung fu carts. Rampage is a reckon good time. IGN on Moby Games says, Rampage for Lynx doesn't solve all of the arcade game's problems. This is still a repetitive game driven by an escapist fantasy and a dark sense of humor. But in breaking away from the straight conversion, Atari's take manages to hold up better than others. If you don't like Rampage, the Lynx version won't make you a believer, but if you're looking to relive your old memories with an added layer of depth, this is the way to do it. Digital Press says, 
Even with the obvious problems, this version is a decent on-the-go way to play. It has a great sense of humor, especially with the pre-stage newspaper clippings. Of course, this is still Rampage, and fans will be happy to have this game with them in portable form. This is the best and only way to do that. Computer and Video Games on Moby Games says, Up to four comlinks players take control of giant mutants in this conversion of the Bally Midway skyscraper smashing coin op. The graphics are spot on throughout, but there just isn't that much to the gameplay, and anyone but fans of the original will find demolishing building after building a mite tedious. Finally, Defunct Game says, The game does succeed when you work in the four-player mode. It's only then that the game is worth any play at all. So if you've got some friends to play this with, pick it up. But if you're looking for a classic game with tons of replay for the links, make sure your first choice is Robotron 2084. In 1991, Robert Jung wrote a review. I'll just highlight a few excerpts. Under gameplay, he says, This game is fun. Aside from the sheer silliness of the concept, Rampage is very easy to play, with uncomplicated controls, simple rules, and a sense of difficulty that feels right. There is a lot of stuff to eat and destroy, such as passing trolleys, damsels in distress, neon signs, bridges, and cars. The army will be able to wear you down through sheer numbers, but if you play it safe and snatch all the food you can get, you'll be able to hold out for a while. If you're lucky, you can find and drink potions, which will render you invulnerable and invisible to other players for one level. Jung also says, There's a lot of things that you can do in this game, but are breezed over or completely ignored by the manual. For instance, you can grab a dynamite pack and hurl it away before it explodes, or grab and hold on to a civilian for points. I don't know whether the omissions were intentional or not, but it's a good idea to try everything. You may turn up a surprise or two. Jung says about the graphics and sound, The game graphics in Rampage are similar, but not identical to the arcade original. There's nothing wrong with that. Game elements are clearly recognizable, and rendered in the same cartoony, tongue-in-cheek mentality that arcade fans will recognize. Especially delightful are the little cute touches. Punch an electrical appliance and get shocked. Eat an undigestible object and cough up. Swallow some dynamite and breathe fire. There's a lot of visual humor in this game. Between cities, the newspaper headlines present the city, the level, and offers bad jokes. There's monster humor, cow puns, and subliminal ads for Atari, to name a few. The sounds in this game are appropriate, but not special. Sound effects match the game action, as it should. During the game, bouncy, cheery background music plays, sounding similar to the tunes found in Chip's Challenge. Well, of course, there's a reason for that. Fortunately, if it bothers you, I think it's for the wrong game myself, you can turn the tunes off and keep the sound effects. Jung's summary for the game, Rampage for the Lynx reminds me of Xenophobe for the Lynx, a lighthearted silly game that's lots of fun for lots of players, the more the merrier. Though it's not hard to play, I feel that there's going to be lots of hours invested in this card before someone finishes it. If you like the arcade original, like multiplayer, cooperative, competitive games, or are looking for a casually paced challenge, Rampage is the way to go. For gameplay, he gives it 9.5 out of 10, graphics 8.5, sound 7, and an overall rating of 9 out of 10. Moving on, I'll read excerpts from a review by Matthias Jap, which is from 2001. He says, One thing that the Lynx is famous for are its fine, classic arcade conversions. Rampage is another one. The game's story is about four scientists who discover a formula that will transform them into huge beasts. Of course, they can't resist to try their formula, and so they mutate the large beasts and start to terrorize American cities. You can choose between these four heroes, and your task is to destroy and eat everything you can. Rampage's graphics are a good conversion of the arcade graphics, 
Due to the smaller screen of the Lynx, the game is zoomed and scrolls left and right. The scrolling is very smooth, although the game is a bit harder than the arcade version because you cannot see all the enemies at once. For example, you cannot see where the soldier drops his bombs. The characters are nicely animated, especially the screaming woman and the beasts. The game also uses Lynx's 3D chip for the title of the game. There are a few songs for the different levels and are quite average. Only a few sound effects are available. Unfortunately, no screams or other voice samples. Rampage is a very nice game for 10 or 15 minutes, but after that it tends to get boring. The cities all look very similar and your task is always the same. Only the difficulty increases. But after a while, you have seen all the enemies, items, and humans in this game and there's nothing else to do except breaking the high score. Overall, I would say that Rampage is a nice game for a break. It's not a real groundbreaking game, but a good arcade conversion. A review for Rampage on DefunctGames.com says, Influenced by King Kong, supported by four-player action, and characters like Godzilla, how could Rampage fail? Well, if you are a fan of repetitive action games that don't change no matter what level you're on, you're going to go bonkers for the Lynx version of Rampage. This version of Rampage is slightly more than a remake of the arcade original. It features one new character and tons of stuff to destroy. But even with the added character that also allows for four-player action, Rampage is just dull. The arcade original wasn't that great either, so this is just a continuation of that theme, if you will. As much fun as all this sounds, it really wears out his welcome well before passing the first level. And it's only worse when you move on to the next level. The moment you realize that almost all of the levels are identical, the fun quickly wanes. The game does succeed when you work in the four-player mode. It's only then that the game is worth picking up at all. So if you've got friends to play this game, be sure to pick it up. That was written by Cyril Latchell in 2004. The House of Games says this about Rampage. Rampage allows you to play a fourth monster that looks like a giant rat. Too bad the screen is too small to show much of the action. Alex V says this about Rampage. Rampage was great fun on release and still plays pretty well. There just aren't that many games where you climb buildings and then destroy them with your fist. The multi-directional punching works really well. You soon become adept at destruction, as well as propelling yourself around the screen from one building to the next. The satisfaction of devouring human flesh has certainly never been captured so brilliantly in a game. The downside to the game is that in the arcade original, at least, you simply cannot avoid every bullet and grenade fired at you. Skill will only get you so far before you have to insert another coin. While longevity and variety soon become a problem, in terms of simple playability and co-op fun, the game scores highly. Darren Jones on Retro Gamer says this about Rampage. So here we are again with another highly polished arcade conversion on the Atari Lynx. We're beginning to see a pattern here. Rampage was never an amazing arcade experience, primarily due to its repetitive nature, but it was a hell of a lot of fun. After all, you're in charge of a gigantic gorilla, wolfman, ape, and are swathing a path of devastation through a large amount of different cities, which is bound to put a smile on anyone's face. Rampage on the Lynx is pretty much the same as the arcade offering. Graphics, while not showing you as much of the surrounding area as the arcade game, are still very good, with giant, beautifully animated sprites, great detail, and some genuinely amusing sprite animations. Sounds fare less well, and consists of simple explosions and bleepy bloopy music. While Rampage is an extremely solid conversion, it does suffer from exactly the same problem as the coin-op. It's just too limited to play for any amount of time. Grab a couple of mates and you'll have a right laugh, 
but if you're smashing up the city in solo mode, it's not long before boredom sets in and you'll be looking for something else to play. Rampage is certainly polished and it's good fun, but it's not something you should bother with unless you have plenty of spare lynxes and friends hanging about. And the final review I want to read is from the Ultimate Console Database. That website says this about Rampage. Rampage, love it or hate it, there is still nothing like taking on the persona of a gigantic monster and crushing puny humans under your feet while causing millions of dollars of property damage. This particular version was probably the best home version of the classic system as far as graphics and sounds went, but it still leaves some things to be desired. You get to choose between the three classic monsters, George the Gorilla, Lizzie the Lizard, and Ralph the Wolfman. Also, this version is the only one to feature Larry the Lab Rat. Each character has a distinct personality, funny facial expressions, etc., although there doesn't seem to be any difference in their abilities. Graphics are very good and avoid being too blocky like other Lynx games. As per gameplay, it's classic Rampage. Smash buildings, eat people, crush tanks, knock down helicopters, guaranteed to satisfy your giant monster genocidal fantasies. All of the little visual jokes from the arcade made it, Eat a soldier with a flamethrower and you'll spit fire. Punch a neon sign and you'll get shocked. Eat a toilet and you'll gag, etc. There are other things that you can do that aren't even detailed in the manual, like pick up a civilian and hold him for bonus points, throw a pack of dynamite at your friend, etc. And as always, when your buddy dies, you can gobble him up, which, like all other versions of Rampage, is extremely satisfying. There is some weirdness going on with this cart, though. Instead of shrinking down the playing field for the smaller screen, they made the levels scroll around, which can get a little disorienting. As in when you climb up on a building, you can't see the ground, can't see the helicopters and soldiers shooting from above and below, etc. This is not really a problem much, though, as control and collision is pretty spot on. The problem with Rampage has always been repetitiveness, which this version doesn't do much to alleviate. Yes, it is fun to crush, crumble, and chomp, but it does get old after a while. Apparently, there is an end to the game with a vague promise of a cure to be found. However, with 100 plus levels, I doubt anyone has ever completed the game. For a quick fix of destructive monster mayhem, this version delivers. I'll interject here and tell you that there are just 62 levels, not 100. Ultimate Console Database says this about the graphics for Rampage. Cartoonish and detailed without too much Link's blockiness going on. Under sound it says, good explosions and buildings crumbling sounds. Not much music to speak of. I would disagree. And under gameplay it says, super kaiju destruction sweetness. Although it drags on forever. Rampage is a game best taken in small doses. For my own review I would say this. Rampage is a lot of fun to play. I have picked it up many times. Uh, usually I'll get about 15 or 20 minutes into the game before I either die or give up. Most of the time I die. It is a lot of fun. There's of course a lot of explosions. I have discovered a few things in playing it. I've only gotten as far as level 6. It's still a good pick up and play game if you're not going to play it for any length of time. I give it a 4 out of 5 rating. Can anyone handle the power of color? Atari Lynx, the portable video arcade. Lynx, so packed with action. Racked with attraction. Stacked with more games for total satisfaction. It'll blow you away. Lynx, more fun and games from Atari. This thing isn't working. What's that? 
Oh, you're this you're wiggling right it wrong, Kevin. How do you do it? You got to wiggle it like this. Ah, uh, that's much easier. Let's see, then. feels a little smoother. Yeah. Uh, what does this button do? Oh, don't press that button. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> You'll shoot. <laughs> oh my gosh! Atari Twenty Six Hundred Game by Game Podcast available on iTunes. <laughs> Atari Age gives Rampage for the Lynx a rarity of 5, which means it's rare. On AtariGamer.com, the rarity level is 37, which means it's uncommon, starting to get difficult to find but still accessible. The world record high score for Rampage for the Lynx was set by Buttons on May 20th, 2017. Buttons got a score of 218,500 on Highscore.com, which they say is a world ranking of 2nd. My own high score so far is 73,200 and I got as far as day 6. I have a couple of cheats for you for Rampage. You can select your starting level by hitting pause on the character selection screen at the beginning of the game, then unpause and go to the newspaper screen, then hold option 1 while moving the joypad left or right to change the levels. That way you can jump to any level you'd like including the last level which is level 62 or day 62. There's also an easter egg in the game. In the Select a Character mode, press pause twice at the character selection screen. At the headline screen, highlight San Francisco and press pause twice. Highlight Albuquerque and press pause twice. Then press option 2 and B to discover the final top score screen. Then press A to display the grand champion screen. Then press A again to display the digitized picture of Pete Wearsbicki, the head programmer for the game, behind the score boxes. Then pause to freeze the picture as it appears. A list of the levels, cities, newspaper headlines, and captions can be found at amagan.1emu.net, and I'll have a link for that in the Lynx links in the show notes. As you may have already surmised, the Lynx version of Rampage includes a fourth character not included on the arcade game, Larry the Lab Rat. eBay prices. On eBay over the last 90 days, there were five loose single cartridges sold of Rampage for the Atari Lynx. They ranged in price from $18.40 to $27, and the average price was $22.04. There were two loose cartridges sold of Rampage in lots, one for $54.77. That lot included eight other loose Lynx cartridges, and one for $174.25 that included 26 loose Lynx cartridges, two Lynx cartons for Kung Fu and Warbirds, and a CIB copy of Raiden, which was the outlier price-wise. There was also one carton manual combo sold singly for $25.99. There were two CIB copies sold of Rampage over the last 90 days, one for $25.37 and one for $35, which averages at $30.19. And there was one CIB copy of Rampage sold in a lot at $73.84 that included a CIB of Warbirds. Listener feedback. Let's move on to listener feedback. On Facebook, after I posted on March 6th this message, Gorilla get mad. Gorilla get strong. Gorilla eat building. Gorilla eat office worker. 
Gorilla Swallow Bathtub. Gorilla Swipe at Giant Dragonfly in Sky. Gorilla Fall Down. Gorilla See Stars. Get feedback in now for Episode 03, Rampage, or Gorilla Get Really Angry. Gorilla Go Home Now. Ricardo Peep has commented, I remember this classic from the arcade, a staple Atari game. I really enjoy this conversion to the Lynx, as it takes me back to a simpler time when gorillas ate buildings and swiped at low-flying helicopters. Brad Arnold commented, Wow, that would make a great movie. Um, okay, maybe not. I responded, I'll let you know after I plunk down $20 to see it. Not. Benjamin Murphy wrote, Don't forget, Lynx is the only version that has Larry the Lab Rat. Then Peter Augustine wrote back, Glad a new episode is coming out soon. I just finished Electrocop on the way home from work. And Aaron Morgan wrote, Link's version is my fave. Larry is the best monster. Arcade second, then NES. Over on Atari Age, when I posted that episode 02, Electrocop was available, I got this response from Turbo Laser Links. Hey, great episode again. I start up a lot of games just to enjoy the graphics and music for a while, and this is one of those games. The presentation is spot on in Electrocop, and the pseudo 3D graphics are really unique and impressive for its time. Ironically, the advances in 3D led to that awful only 3D games era in the 1990s. Luckily, that didn't last for too long. Clint Thompson also commented on Atari Age. Incredibly detailed podcast. I find myself on the move a lot, so only got about halfway through, but very thorough and dig the music. What's the story of Monty? And I wrote back, thanks for the kind words about the podcast, Clint. I really appreciate it. After I start posting interview episodes sometime in the future, I plan on doing an interview with Monty. Not much is known about him, other than that he is from the Oxford vicinity in the UK. His name is Montague Habersham, and he has an inexplicable fear of ostriches. I received this email from Ryan Haas. Hey Mark, this is Ryan Haas, at SMB underscore Ryan on Twitter. I just wanted to drop you a line to say hello and to give you some podcast feedback. In general, the podcast is great. The game-by-game format is a perfect way to celebrate the system and its library of games. Over the past year, I have tried to do a deeper dive into my old systems. I have flashcards for the Game Boy, Virtual Boy, and the Lynx, so I can play rare and homebrew titles. I never had a Lynx growing up. When I was a kid, the first system I got was a Game Boy Pocket, the year it came out, 1996 so I missed out on the Lynx entirely. I'm a huge Batman fan and I was always intrigued when I would get older comic books and they'd have ads in them for the Lynx 2 with Batman Returns. Because of my love of both video games and Batman, the system was always on my bucket list of gaming experiences. I finally got a Lynx 2 a few months ago, so the podcast couldn't have come out at a better time. I'm still waiting on my McWill modded system to arrive. I can't wait to play games along with the show. Enough ramble. Here's some scattershot feedback I've been thinking about. Have you thought about getting any guests on the show for special episodes? Either developers who worked on Lynx games or anyone who's currently into Lynx homebrew development? Uh, Yes, actually, Ryan. I've been thinking about that since before I even started the podcast. I've got a few irons in the fire as far as interviews go, and I will keep everybody updated as soon as I'm ready to do those interviews. They will come out as special episodes of the podcast. Back to Ryan. What about a show focused on all of the Lynx accessories and collectibles? Or even a ComLynx-focused episode that highlights the best five games that use that feature, etc.? Uh, That's a very good suggestion, Ryan. I actually have been thinking about doing special episodes which deal more with the collecting of games and the Lynx consoles. And these would fall right in line with that. So be on the lookout for those coming soon. Ryan also says... 
On the Handicast website, I think it would be cool if the schedule had links to the episodes as they post, in addition to a new column that has whatever rating you gave the game on the show. That could be fun to look at as the show goes on. Uh, I've actually done part of that already. I've redone the schedule to include those links, pardon the pun, to the episodes that I've already released, and I do plan to put a column in that will give my rating on what I think of each game. So thanks for that suggestion. Finally, Ryan says, Early on in the show, or on one of your Atari Age posts, I can't remember, you talked about the podcast as a way to hopefully gauge interest in getting some of the Lynx community out of the woodwork so we could potentially get together at a convention or something and actually play some of these games in person. I wonder if there's a way we could get a list of basic locations from listeners to see if there's enough common ground to meet up at some sort of convention through a Google Doc or something. Thanks again for the podcast. Signed, Ryan Haas. Uh, I love the idea of a convention. I'm not sure, though, how big it would be attended, even with all of the Lynx people that I know. It would have to be pretty centrally located. Uh, a lot of the Lynx owners live overseas as well. I'm here in America. So that might be problematic. I love the idea. Right now, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I will have a, a Lynx booth at the Vintage Computer Festival Southeast 6.0 on April 21 through 22. And that might be a way that we can start talking about some sort of convention a la Kansas Fest or Coco Fest or something like that. I love the idea. Not sure how to go about it though, but I will definitely keep that idea in the back of my mind. Thanks Ryan so much for your feedback and for your suggestions, and thanks so much for listening. Finally, I have an audio submission from Shinto of the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast. Let's listen. So I got to thinking about it, and I think that Rampage may have very well been the first Lynx game that we ever got. We had the $99 core unit, which just came with the Model 1 Lynx and the power adapter, and I was just going through my complete list of games, and the earliest ones I remember owning were either Rampage or Zarlar Mercenary. Why we might have gone for Rampage above all the others, I don't know, but I do know that I loved playing this game on the Lynx. I haven't played Rampage on any other home platform, no 2600 or 7800 or NES versions, not even the Atari 8-bit computers, just the Lynx and the arcade. I was at a birthday party at an arcade called Boardwalk USA, though it technically wasn't on or anywhere near an actual boardwalk. This place had tons of great arcade games, and placed roughly in the middle of the arcade room was the Rampage cab. I only played it a couple of times, enough to know the basic premise, uh, but none of the nuance. There's also Midway Arcade Treasures on the original Xbox, I played that version a little bit, even one time with a couple of my friends playing along, but I always love the Lynx version the best. You don't see nearly as much of the level at one time uh, compared to the arcade, but I'm, I'm okay with that, it adds to the challenge. You might not know, for example, if the guy with the explosives is going to plant them in front of your current building or the building you're just on until you hop down and check. I remember being impressed with the variety of things that you'll find in the buildings, some of which are timed, you know, grab the toast, not the toaster. Lots of different things hiding in those buildings. You can eat the guy right off the toilet, but not the toilet itself, because that's gross. I was also impressed by all the animations. It's satisfying to be on the ground, looking down as a car approaches, and then timing it right and punching the car. Great fun. The wanton destruction never felt wrong to me. I never had a problem, you know, ethically eating people in this game. Especially that dynamite-throwing guy. Man, I hate that guy. I don't remember how far I got, playing honestly how many levels in. Uh, 30s, maybe 40s. I found the level skip code and used that to check out the very end, which I don't remember now. 
I did like how the last level was Sunnyvale, though it doesn't make a whole lot of sense geographically. You spend almost two months working your way east and then jump right back to the west coast. I might not admit to it now, but back then I really enjoyed the puns and wordplay in the newspaper headlines. I think my favorite back then was Tanks But No Tanks. The music isn't as good as some of the other Lynx games, but I think it does the job well enough. I found the siren noise annoying, but other than that, I really liked the sounds in this game. And as much as I thought about it back then, we never bought a second copy of Rampage for Comlinks play, never got to play Trolley Handball, as one of the headlines suggests. Today, though, I do have Retro HQ's Lynx SD adapter, so I'm able to Comlinks the game now, but I haven't actually done so yet. Maybe someday later I'll give this a try with my kids when I'm reasonably sure that, you know, encouraging them to pluck a dude off the toilet and then eat him won't cause them any permanent psychological issues. I remember finding the developer code published in a magazine, probably Electronic Gaming Monthly, and being blown away by how there's a full-screen image of the developer. Uh, two images, in fact. They were black and white, but still pretty cool. That reminds me, and uh, this is going to be a bit of a tangent, I'm sorry, but there was a TV show that I used to watch called Game Pro TV, Saturday mornings at 10, or maybe it was 10.30. Either way, I would watch the show every week in hopes that they would mention something about the Lynx, or even Atari in general, but the Lynx was current at the time, 1991, so I figured that was the best bet. In one episode, J.D. Roth and whoever else is on the show walk you through the part of the game called Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I knew there was, or at least was going to be, a game by this name on the Lynx, so I watched this closely, and there would be pop-ups at the bottom of the screen when one of the characters was talking, and you would see a black-and-white picture of the character. And since I had seen the, the developer screen on Rampage, I thought, ah, this could be the Lynx version. The Lynx uses black and white for photos of people. I, I think um, uh, Road Blasters had uh, black and white programmer pictures too. I saw that in EGM. So it seemed entirely possible to me that GamePro TV was actually finally talking about the Lynx. But alas, uh, no, it was the NES version. I don't think they ever mentioned the Lynx once on that show. But back to Rampage, I'll admit that the game may be repetitive, it may be slow in ramping up difficulty, but I do really like this one. Maybe that's just the nostalgia talking, but you know what, nostalgia's okay too. Rampage on the Lynx is a solid title and a great port that even exceeds the arcade game, and I'm not just talking about the number of playable characters. I do enjoy playing this one more than the arcade. Thanks so much, Shinto, for that audio submission. I really appreciate it. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you for mentioning that you think that Rampage might have been the first game in your collection. And that probably means that it's pretty high on your nostalgia meter, as it would be on mine if it was. I also like the story about finding the arcade cabinet at Boardwalk Games. I never played the game in the arcade. I don't recall ever seeing it, at least where I was. So I never played it, and so the only version I've ever played is the one on the Lynx, and I do enjoy it. You can't argue with wanton destruction, as you call it. I don't think I've gotten to the point where I've seen the headline, Tanks But No Tanks but I'll keep an eye out for it as I continue to play through the game. Uh, you do like the sounds and music? I do too. I think anything that Alex Rudis and Bob Yeria do is top-notch. 
You mentioned uh, playing the game with your kids, possibly when they get a little bit older and won't be traumatized by seeing a guy being plucked off a toilet and then being eaten. Hopefully you haven't shown them Jurassic Park yet. Uh, Game Pro TV, I don't remember that show, but you mentioned that they were going to talk about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. That's actually the first game I ever owned for the Atari Lynx. Granted, it was only a little over a year ago, but even though the game isn't that great, Bill and Ted, I mean, it's still a fun game, and it will nostalgically always rank very high in my memory. Again, thanks for your thoughts on Rampage, Shinto. And for those, again, who aren't aware, Shinto hosts the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast. I definitely recommend that you check out that podcast. Very informative and a lot of fun to listen to. And that's it for listener feedback for this episode. Finishing up. Well, that's it for this episode of the Atari Lynx Handicast. Thanks so much for listening. My next episode will be episode 04, Gates of Zendokan. So please get your feedback in for that as soon as possible. I want to get that episode out in the next week or two. After that will be episode 05, Gauntlet, the Third Encounter. Episode 06, California Games. Episode 07, Fidelity Ultimate Chess Challenge. And episode 08, Xenophobe. I'll talk to you then. Thanks. Leaving so Thanks are in order for the Free Music Archive, which allows for the song 8-Bit Core by Tagirigus to be used as the opening and closing theme music for the Atari Lynx Handicast under the Creative Commons license. The Free Music Archive also allows for the following songs and artists to be used in this episode. Banana Blitz by Super Blues Brothers, Voyage to Pluto Net Label Daynix by Prism, Call for Surrender by Jesse Spillane, and Five by Christian Bjorklund. I would also like to thank Ferg of the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, Shinto of the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast, and Zerbi of the many Zerbinator Land podcasts, including the excellent Please Stand By podcast. The help and inspiration that Ferg, Shinto, and Zerbi have provided in my brief podcasting experience are invaluable to me, and I really appreciate it. Finally, I would also like to give my heartfelt thanks to my beautiful wife, Lizzie. She has put up with me and with this strange podcasting thing with the patience of a saint, and I could never fully repay her, but I will definitely try. That's nudge, snap, snap, grin, grin, wink, wink, say no more. Episodes of the Atari Lynx Handicast can be found on Apple Podcasts. Please take time to leave a review of the Atari Lynx Handicast on Apple Podcasts so that other interested listeners can easily find the Handicast. You can also find the Atari Lynx Handicast on Stitcher, on Google Play Music, and on TuneIn. While you're at it, be sure to check out the Atari Lynx Handicast website at atarilynxhandicast.net. All of the episodes can be found there, including show notes and a list of upcoming episodes. And you can visit the Atari Lynx Handicast blog page at atarilynxhandicast.blogspot.com. 
Also, you can subscribe to the Artaria Links Handicast on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash Artaria Links Handicast. And you can follow the Artaria Links Handicast on Twitter. Just search on Twitter for Links Handicast. Finally, you can send Mark Little an email and let him know what you think about any episode of the Artaria Links Handicast. You can also provide your own feedback about any Artaria Links games. And you can even suggest future topics or possible interview subjects to future episodes. Or you can just simply say, hi. Just write to him at, mark, at, atarialinkshandicast.net. Thank you, for listening to this episode, of the Atari Links Handicast. This is Montague Habersham, wishing you, a good evening. Lynx Handicast is made possible by a grant from the Telesearch Group and by the generous support of listeners like you. Thank you.